Okay, so let's talk pregnancy. So pregnancy for me was not a glowy, fabulous experience like some women seem to have. Um, Where should I start? I guess I started off in the earlier months uh, excited and scared and then morning sickness happened. And so being sick is really, like many, my least favourite thing. I would say I'd go as far as to say it's a phobia. So it was pretty, pretty terrible. Um, Fortunately, the actual being sick part didn't last me too long. However, I then had nausea and the nausea was extreme and it was all day every day didn't let up it was just awful and I I had that for about 80% of my pregnancy um it was I was miserable I was not a happy pregnant person I was absolutely miserable I didn't enjoy it because of mainly because of the nausea um I then I didn't really have any weird cravings I did however take a liking to Twisters, the uh, the ice pops. When I say a liking, perhaps maybe I should be more clear. I, I formed an addiction, I think. I think it was because I couldn't keep anything else down. I didn't fancy anything else. I just, the nausea was terrible. And that was, that was all I could manage for, for quite a long time. I lived off twisters and porridge topped with fruit because I was working 12-hour shifts, uh, night shifts in care uh, throughout my pregnancy. So I had to fill my body with something to get through the shifts, unfortunately. Um, so twisters were, yeah, they were, they, were my, they were my lifesaver. I just, I was demolishing them boxes and boxes at a time. I'd buy like a box of eight. It would last me two days, if that. Sometimes it would just last me a day. It's crazy. I just couldn't get enough of them. Um, considering how bad my nutrition was, um, I didn't have any sort of dietary problems or any problems in my pregnancy. Um, the midwife was happy with the weight I was gaining, etc. So I was pleasantly surprised considering yeah I was I wasn't eating well um I also developed restless arms and legs now I I don't even know if I'd heard of this before like I said I've worked in care I I, I have worked in care for uh, seven eight years um so I've heard a lot of things I don't think I'd heard of restless arms and legs I didn't really understand know that it was a thing anyway I one one morning, obviously I used to sleep in the morning when I finished work, I got into bed and my arms and legs were just, oh, the intense itching and general restlessness. It was like something was pulsing through them. It's it's so hard to explain, but it's just terrible, especially after you've just done a 12-hour shift and you've got another one that night. So you need to sleep and you need to sleep, obviously, in pregnancy. You do need to rest. 
it was just an absolute nightmare. So on top of the nausea, I did also suffer with restless arms and legs. Um, wasn't eating well. I also had a friend come and stay with me due to he was going through stuff. Uh, so my pregnancy was just, it, it wasn't ideal. And of course, I split with the father. Um, and it wasn't, it, I wouldn't say it was turbulent or unpleasant. I, I felt it kept, we kept it quite pleasant at the beginning. Um, we were in contact. I sent scan pictures. I invited him to scans, uh, some of which he attended, some he didn't due to other commitments. Um, I was, I guess, optimistically hopeful for the future that he may play some role in my child's life. Um, I was indeed wrong, but during the pregnancy, I, I, I thought I, I thought I knew that wasn't to be. So I would say I didn't enjoy pregnancy. I also suffered with crippling anxiety. I suffered with anxiety um, throughout my life. Um, but I must say it was made it was made worse by pregnancy. It's hormones, I guess. Um, and I remember, so at work, we had a lift. The lift was tiny. And I mean, it was tiny. <laughs> it really was tiny. <laughs> so if you had a resident in there in a wheelchair and then me with my belly, it was, it was a squash. Um, and it got to the point where I actually couldn't, I couldn't get in it. I'd have a panic attack because, and it was really slow as well. <laughs> really slow, really cramped. And I've always been very self-aware and, and good at managing it, uh, my anxiety. But I couldn't, I couldn't, just couldn't talk my way through it. It would just, it was, the, the ride was too long. <laughs> it was too cramped. So I just remember one time I got in it and I just, I managed to go up one floor. So I had to go to the, the third floor. I got, and we passed, the, we were coming up to the first floor. I just pressed the first button. I couldn't. I had to get out. I started having started hyperventilating. Oh, it was just terrible. I don't think I got in that lift again during my pregnancy um, at all. I yeah, uh, and I worked up until um, I was eight months pregnant, and I gave birth. I gave birth. I think a week after I finished work, um, it was a little bit premature. So, uh, so yeah, so I didn't, I did not enjoy, enjoy the anxiety side of it. And it was just the anxiety as well towards everything, you know, midwife appointments. I also have, <laughs> I also have health anxiety as well. So I was convinced every time I went, I was convinced that whatever I was being tested for, I was going to have, I was convinced I had HIV. I was convinced I had HEP. I was, I was convinced um, they sent me for gestational diabetes. I was convinced I was going to have that. Um, and I think I'd just done a night shift when I had to go for my gestational di diabetes. So I was absolutely exhausted. I remember sitting at my local, my local hospital. And um, when my anxiety is bad, I have quite severe difficulty swallowing, which normally is fine. Uh, not, however, when you're going for a test in which you have to swallow a drink. And I was sitting in the room. The lady had taken my blood. 
and then you have to swallow swallow the drink and then have your blood taken. I can't even remember how long after, maybe 30 minutes, an hour afterwards, just to see if there's any difference. Um, so I was sitting there and you, you have to drink the, the liquid in front of the, the nurse, obviously, so she knows that you, you've drunk it. And I was sitting there and she's just looking at me and I was trying to, I was trying to swallow it. So the anxiety was even worse because she was looking at me and the pressure. And I knew I had to do it for the help of my baby, for the help of me. Oh, it was just terrible. I'm sure anyone with anxiety completely understands that when the pressure's on, everything becomes worse. It just, you you can't talk yourself through it. Mindfulness doesn't work. Nothing works. And so then I was just getting hotter and hotter. And then I started to sweat. And then I was very aware that I was sweating. I remember it like it was yesterday. The feeling was just awful. And I think that was the first moment that I really thought, wow, I am, I'm doing this alone and I don't know if I can do it because right now I can't even swallow a small, and I mean it was a small cup of glucose. And I knew I had to for the sake of my child and myself. And I just, I couldn't. And the nurse was good. She realised that I was quite clearly struggling and she said you can't drink it in front of me can you I said I'm really so I'm really trying she said I know I can see you're trying you're gonna you you can go and sit out in the in the waiting room if you want um so how I I trundled into the waiting room but by now I think you know it was later in the morning the waiting room had filled up so it was just even worse so I went out into the waiting room and it was just full of people and couldn't drink it there either so so, so I then had to go outside but there were people outside I was pacing up and down maybe barely swallowing anything it was just what should have taken 30 seconds took me probably about 25 minutes and it was hard it was hard graft and I went home after that and just, I think I broke down because I was scared and thought, I don't know if my anxiety is going to allow me to to be the best parent I can be, to be the parent I want to be. And I didn't want to pass all my anxieties and issues onto my child. Children pick up on stuff and I didn't want my child to pick up on, you know, anxious vibe should we say to put it nicely so I think I think I realized then yeah that, that I was really was alone and I was gonna have to uh suck it up a bit to uh to get through the rest of the pregnancy and to and to be a good parent to my child but anyway, that's enough about anxiety and pregnancy because I'm sure plenty of you are struggling out there with that. So you know exactly what I'm talking about. I also remember quite vividly seeing... So I, I was buying, as, as most pregnant women do, buying baby grows, etc., etc. You know, trying to think, oh, I'm going to be, you know, completely organised and ready. So when baby comes, it's just going to be plain sailing. Obviously, in an ideal world, that is what happens. However, obviously, I'd bought all newborn stuff. 
Um, but he was premature, so I needed all tiny baby stuff. So I turned out I wasn't even slightly prepared. The nappies weren't going to fit, or the baby grows weren't going to fit. Nothing. I didn't have anything. Um, and I also planned on breastfeeding, but my milk never came in. So it was, yeah, I uh, I attempted to be organised, but turned out that that didn't work out so well. But I remember sitting on on my bed holding a baby grow and thinking just how small it was and little did I know how small he was gonna be my son but this baby grow it was just just the normal newborn one and I was like wow it's just so tiny and this little tiny thing is going to be dependent on me I I was just I can't explain the feelings that I felt it was it was an overwhelming sense of responsibility, I think. And uh, I remember sort of like rocking the baby grow in my arms. <laughs> it sounds so weird to, to say out loud. But at the time it didn't feel, it didn't feel odd. I think I was trying to picture myself as a mum. Now I've always been the one in my friendship circles I've wanted children. It's not like I never wanted children. I didn't want children in circumstances I was having one, but nonetheless I did want children later on down the line. Um and I was just trying to, yeah, imagine what it would be like to hold my baby. Because it's so so weird having it growing inside you, but I couldn't, I couldn't, just could not imagine having it in my arms. It was it's like I sort of became a little bit detached for a little while during my pregnancy. I think I also started to worry so much about postnatal depression that perhaps I I became detached as well because I was so convinced, like I said, I suffer with some mental, a lot of mental health issues and one of them being health. Um and I'm also, like I've said before, I'm not a fluffy, happy, positive person. I was I was a lot more doom and gloom back then. I've actually changed quite a lot, but I was really a miserable person. <laughs> um, and so I was convinced that I was going to get, I was worst case scenario. That's the best way to describe how I was. I was always worst case scenario. So if anything else happened, I was always pleasantly surprised. Um, my experience was I usually wasn't pleasantly surprised and worst case scenario did seem to happen a lot, but I think the vibe you put out is what you kind of get back in life. So I, you know, it is what it is, but I was convinced that I was going to get postnatal depression. Um, so I did, I think I became a little bit detached and I think I, I did it to myself. I detached myself from my child because I was so convinced that I was never going to be able to love him uh, or look after him, or have the want to. So I, I think sitting there with that baby girl, I was trying to imagine a world in which I could. Um, and with mental health, you find yourself thinking about stuff that's never going to happen. You know, you think of all. I, I think of all eventualities. My anxiety makes me think of. <laughs> everything now I'd already planned for for you know for a pandemic uh, for me I've I've already had that like happen so I was pretty prepared for COVID <laughs> mentally I was prepared for that because I you know I always think about the worst case scenarios that could happen in the world or in my you know in in the world and you know in my world as well um 
so I yeah so postnatal depression did did play a part in my mind for for longer than I'd have liked it to have and I you know I should add I was I was very lucky um and I didn't I didn't suffer with it um I was down for a little while but you know I think that was just lack of sleep hormones and my existing mental health issues but I did not suffer with postnatal depression at all um and I can't even imagine how truly awful it must be for the ladies that do so if you are suffering please get help so also during my pregnancy I found my soulmate now I don't mean partner boyfriend girlfriend in that way I mean a friendship soulmate someone that you can you can tell anything to and they don't judge you because they're probably thinking it too because the thing with pregnancy is people only want to hear all the positive stuff and expect you to only have positive stuff to say so because I suffer with mental health issues I I didn't have I didn't have positive things so I didn't tell everyone at work until I really was forced to um obviously I told management um as soon as I'd found out but I I asked that management didn't tell uh the rest of the staff um because I I just wasn't able to I wasn't able to I'm not very good at faking things so some people can you know put on that cheery bright smile and fake their way through things my face tells a story I can say what I want but my face will be doing the complete opposite so it was easier for me to not tell the people at work until yeah until I became too too big and I think maybe that was seven months I think I was seven months pregnant so up until seven months I just (laughs) I'd turn up to work luckily I worked nights so I only had to work with one other person um I'd turn up just in big baggy jumpers for handover um and then I'd take it off on my shift because the person I was working with knew um but yeah I met my absolute soulmate she I was a girl I worked with beautiful human being um she just understood she was also a single parent um and she got it she got me and she got it and she also suffered with mental health issues similar to mine and I don't know if I would have got through my pregnancy quite as unscathed shall we say without her because I think I would have suffered a lot more with my mental health side of it um because it was hard for me and the dynamics of my a lot of my my friendships changed as well um pre-pregnancy a lot of my friendships depended on drinking um you know socially of course we we, we weren't alcoholics (laughs) but everything everything involved alcohol it would seem um so it was hard for me to find a place in there um and obviously I was working nights I was exhausted and um the friends that I 
I had didn't didn't have children, so I don't think they fully understood. And they didn't work nights, they didn't understand the the exhaustion, and they definitely weren't working nights whilst heavily pregnant. So I think for me, if I didn't have if I didn't have Ruby, then I would have I would have struggled because I would have felt even more alone. Um, but I could tell her anything, and I mean anything, and she didn't. She she didn't judge. She'd be like, I know, I I felt that. And to have somebody, which is kind of why I'm doing this podcast, because to have somebody like that and to know that you're not alone is is vital. And I don't know because I didn't have a partner. I don't know if that's what it's like to have a partner, you know, that's supportive um, and involved. Maybe maybe that's what you experience, but, you know, I can't comment on it as I haven't, didn't have it. Um but without Ruby, I, yeah, I, I wouldn't have, I don't think I'd have made it through because I'd have just bottled up so much and and the, the guilt and the self-blame and everything I think would have, would have taken over. I, like I said, I didn't enjoy pregnancy, but I think I'd have enjoyed it a lot less <laughs> because, you know, part of me was enjoying the fact that I was a growing human being. Um, but like I said, I was... I was really quite miserable. <laughs> so if you've got that one person that truly, truly understands you, know that you are blessed. And you can get through anything if you've got if you've got that person. Um unfortunately she's moved away from the area. Um, so I I don't see her now. But I I love her. I I love her unconditionally. And she got me through a part of my life that was that was hard for me. So I'm forever, forever grateful for her friendship and her love and understanding. Okay, so I also wanted to talk a little bit about other stuff that about pregnancy. So the more, the less, the less pleasant stuff. I, although, I, to be honest, I'm not sure how pleasant any of this has been. <laughs> I promise that some people do have, like, fantastic pregnancy. Um, so if you just found out you're pregnant, please, and you listen to this, please don't think it, it's going to be like this for you because you, you might absolutely love it and thrive. I, I've known women that have, that it's just been plain sailing, wonderful experience, and they've loved every second. And I must add, you know, I'm two years down the line with, with a beautiful two-year-old, um, and I look back, and doesn't seem that bad. I but I do remember at the time thinking, oh no, this is truly awful. <laughs> but w- w- our brains are good at that, aren't they? They're good at the forgetting. Uh, as I find out, I find that out every month of my period. You know, I have excruciating periods, and then two days after it's finished, I'm like, why was I making such a big deal out of that for? Can't have been that bad. And you know. Three and a half weeks later, I, I remember that, yeah, no, yeah, where was that bad? <laughs> so also in pregnancy, oh, I just think there's certain things that people don't tell you about. Um, The smell of my wee, that smell, oh, my goodness. Oh, it's, it's making me feel a little bit nauseous just thinking about it now. <laughs> it was 
oh, I can't explain it. I just, I can't, I can't put it into words. Such an unpleasant smell. Not, you know, infection or, or, you know, like that. It was just, I don't know. It's like, you know, if you have asparagus, your wee smells like asparagus straight after, doesn't it? Like, it was just a weird smell. Um, and, and nobody, nobody sort of told me about it. Um, I did, you know, I brought up with a midwife because I thought, oh God, have I got like an infection or something, something like gross happening. She's like, no, it's just, the, it's just the hormones. <laughs> it's completely normal. Um, yeah, it's just the hormones in your way that you can smell. Who knew hormones smell so grim? But hey, I'm telling you, I would know again if I was pregnant because that smell, it happened. It happened pretty soon after conception, I must admit, because I, before I, before I took a pregnancy test, my wee started to smell. And um, like I said, I thought perhaps I had uh, an infection, a bladder infection, but without the pain, because I wasn't suffering any pain or anything or blood or it was just this smell. Oh, and I, I'd actually been to the doctors to have my, my wee tested and there was no problem. So I, I would know. I don't think I'd even... <laughs> I'd need to take a pregnancy test. I just know from that smell. I don't know if everyone experiences it, but oh, if you do, don't freak out, don't panic. It is natural, it is normal. Um, and I'd like to say it goes, but you, it doesn't, you just get used to it. You become accustomed to that smell, um, which is, is quite, quite grim, actually. Um, also what no one told me about was just the 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 way I don't know whether everyone feels it towards the end like I could literally feel my hips moving apart like getting like in preparation I it was the most bizarre sensation I I have experienced I I did I can't say I enjoyed that at all that was just Oh, it was awful, awful feeling. I'm I'm not very good with odd sensations in my body, it would seem. Um, and water's breaking. When you watch programmes on the television, water's breaking is just this big gush of water. And they'll go, and people always go, oh, did I wet myself? Yeah, that, that wasn't my experience. My waters were breaking for about four hours, probably longer. And it was just, <laughs> so I was, like I said, I was premature. So I wasn't expecting, I wasn't expecting anything. Um, and I had just been doing my nails. That was what I'd been doing. I'd been doing my nails and I was sitting on my bed and I was then, what had I gone to get? I'd gone into the kitchen to make my porridge, my porridge and fruit. And I was sitting on, I just got back onto my bed and I was sitting there and I took my first mouthful and suddenly I felt just a very gentle trickle like come like come out of my vagina. I can't it wasn't it wasn't like a stream, it wasn't a gush, it wasn't loud. And when I stood up, there was the smallest, smallest wet patch. Maybe the size of a 50, 50 pence piece. I mean, that's, that's what I mean. Like it was small. There was, like I said, no gush, no 
steady stream. But I was like, oh, that's odd. And so I thought, oh, I'll just, I'll just go to the toilet, um, change my underwear, and I, et cetera, get, get cleaned up. And as I was going to the toilet, I was walking, there were just drips, just little drips, maybe smaller than the size of a five-bent piece. That's why, like, it was not, there was no stream or, like, I was weighing myself. I, I was just, just drips. It was so odd. But you, I couldn't, I couldn't stop it, you know, when you, like, when you need a wee and, or, you, you know, you can hold it. I could, there was no, no, you can, I couldn't stop it. I could not stop the flow. Um, and so I rang my mum and said, mum, I, I think my waters might have broken. I don't know, but I think they have. I was expecting a gush. There was no gush. <laughs> um, so my mum came over and I rang the hospital and said, I think my waters are broken. But and obviously because I was prim because I was early, um they wanted to see me. So I went in. Um the whole time still having this gentle stream of of, of water going out. Uh, which was just unpleasant. It was just unpleasant because it was it was just constant and you could feel it I could feel it it was and I think for me it was the fact I had no control over it I had no control and I I knew what was about to happen was going to be completely out of my control <laughs> and that's something that I don't like I don't like the unknown and I don't like losing control I I need both so I yeah so I'd also say that please don't expect a big gush you know that might not happen either uh I wasn't wasn't told about that um I will do a separate one on birth um I won't add birth into this and I think I'm gonna wrap this one up again if anyone needs someone please please reach out because I am here please email me it's mamagrace at aol.com that's m-u-m-m-a-g-r-a-c-e at aol.com okay guys I'm going to sign off and I will speak to you next time